what's with the world of artificial intelligence and where i have been all this while and what's chat gpt of course you have you guys might know what chat gpt means but what it is to do with ai world is all the things are robots going to take over our world soon or are humans going to be implanted with artificial inter- intelligent chips hi this is vikram and i have come back from my long time hibernation with this wonderful topic and i'm so excited to go into this topic and talk a lot about what i learned and share what i learned uh, from this entire domain of ai and of course i chose to do this in the freestyle topic so it's going to be a long episode sit back and enjoy welcome to glitch Hi everyone. It's been a long <laughs> long pending episode, I guess. And a lot of things happened in between. I think it's been my usual introduction with my glitch episodes that I give a reason for why I've been delayed, but to be honest, that's fine for me if I'm going to invest myself a lot of time for research and then come up with some episode. My agenda is not to put a lot of episodes or numbers for me recording a podcast has been a hobby where i it's a it's a escape mechanism for me to do some research out of my job so since i have been updating my personal stuff with my audience i thought i'll give some more uh, updates on what's been happening from my end i got engaged of course <laughs> and that's one big update i would like to give to my audience and Uh, along with that i have been facing few job changes and of course with job changes you have this interview preparations and a lot of other paperwork happening so i had to do some knowledge transfer here and there so of course i got a lot of reasons to be <laughs> reasons for my delay enough enough said but this topic artificial intelligence and chat gpt was something which was intriguing for me and especially uh artificial intelligence has been my uh research topic or area of interest even though i'm not from that background i'm purely embedded software guy and ai is something which i look up to and i'm like okay you guys are doing some awesome stuff so tell me what you're doing on so that's what my first question is whenever i meet someone from the domain so <laughs> this topic when i wanted to pick it up and talk about chat gpt of course when i i picked up chat gpt it was back in trend <laughs> it was uh, on january of this year and of course i've been following gpt3 and openai previous to chat gpt but when chat gpt hit the general public i really wanted to talk about this friends everyone were asking about what exactly is chat gpt in your perspective do you think ai is going to take over the world oh my god this just just solves all my uh, all my issues with with writing articles and technical writing that's just going to change the world of course these were the impact and sudden uh, fuss responders were going on crazy in internet about chat gpt so i thought why not i talk about this so that's how i picked up this question and i started asking everyone around me on uh, it's been happening since last year i i have been doing intense research and i got sidetracked from podcast <laughs> and that's that's exactly why this delay i i went on my own run down the rabbit hole 
but it was interesting i i did learn a lot about this world of ai and and a bit here and there on what happened what's happening around ai so for me to be honest to talk something about this i needed to gain some knowledge some traction and and be genuine to my audience so that's why i took a lot of time so sorry for that but now i am here so let's get started with the episode so one one question which came to me when i was um, reading about chat gpt and everything was what it means to be human you know this one fundamental question was was enough for me to go running behind it i'm still in search of this question and an answer for this question but i think in in the context of this ai and chat gpt and basically what it means to be human is like we we have a goal and and we have this decision making power and freedom in our hands i think that's that's what exactly makes us human and that's that's exactly what uh, these engines like chat gpt and and this general language model lacks before i get into chat gpt and what it means here and there i thought i would first address the concept of ai on the whole because i did start this episode on chat gpt but i would like to like my audience some of the audience might not be from programming background or ai background so i thought it will it will help them to understand what exactly happens behind the screen and how big this entire domain is so that you appreciate what is happening when you just give a random prompt to chat gpt and it gives you a big essay so i think uh 20 years ago only place we guys saw ai was on the sci-fi movies and there were not many who made a career out of it i guess i think back in 2013 uh i still remember elon musk made a statement on ai that he thinks it might destroy humanity and another great mind joined in a, in a similar statement was stephen hawking so when these two people made such a statement the entire social media and and general public started giving an eye towards ai and of course with tesla's self driving cars i mean i would still call it assisted driving cars uh things started getting kicked up and it became uh, and with silicon valley over exaggeration of ai everything started looking uh, like a big bubble over ai so there has been a big misconception in ai in my in my perspective like what people think when it comes to ai is like robot butlers and 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 sentient beings taking over the entire world i still believe there's a long way for it to go but a, a major breakthrough in ai in my, my perspective is the algorithms you know uh, in in getting computers in doing very narrow task for example uh, take a game of chess you know the computers are getting really good in doing that specific narrow task again and again and again to an extent that it does in the best possible outcome so i think this has become the major outthrow in ai i mean this statement might abstract a lot of things which is happening behind the screens like mathematical models and programming languages especially processing powers which has become exponentially tremendous with its power so in my opinion the breakthrough in ai which we have is like the breakthrough in some mathematical problem which it has been able to you know optimize again and again and again in the tiny narrow stream and it has come with this optimum results of an algorithm or problem statement i think that's where ai has become a major breakthrough and that's what i believe 
it's going to take us one step further in this entire uh, domain of artificial intelligence. So if you ask me where has this breakthrough has been seen was in the game of chess, for example, they have been able to optimize it so well that they are able to achieve this superhuman performance in, in, in the game of chess. I think recently there was a news that this computer outperformed any, any human play in, in the game of chess. So basically it's a program which has been optimized and optimized and optimized to that narrow one thing extremely well. And in the end, it can outperform any human being doing the task. At the same time, it cannot do anything else. Now let's, let's, let's take the similar example and try to put it in a bigger picture. Solving a game is more like a pattern solving problem. I mean, maybe if we take the whole life as a pattern and, and we try to address it as a solving problem with the same AI engine. Maybe if we do well with games, we can also apply the same with our life problems, right? I mean, in this scenario, I don't object. Maybe that's how we all work with this certain level of abstraction. And maybe if we train a model in certain level of methods, in principle, it, it, can, it can probably solve a problem. But this is where uh, I would like to talk about something called reinforcement learning. Uh, I came across this uh, Deep Minds uh, board game AI engine. So what this does is like DeepMinds, a company, they wrote a program, which basically single program, which, uh, which could play all 49 of Atari games. And out of the 49, it was able to win 30 games uh, better than any human being could play. So that's, that's a huge accomplishment for this program. So basically what the reinforcement training is that it starts by playing the random game. Uh, let's take Space Invaders, for example. It starts with the game, it has a screen, there's a, a score window and, and it starts the game. So it starts random and it starts to shoot one of the point. Once it shoots, the point gets incremented. In this case, it has scored a point, an achievement. Let's talk it in a technical term, it's called the reward. So one, once it gets this reward, it stores this action. And in, in every different situation, it's going to do the same action and, and tries to see if it's getting the reward. And it does again and again and again. And one point in, 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 in like thousands of gameplays, it can outperform any human in this game. So that's exactly what happens in the reinforcement training. So basically this program has been applied in all the different games. And in every game where this, this kind of reward approach can be applied, this game has outperformed any human. And same goes with chess. So I don't think this can be called as intelligence, but this has a pattern, uh, pattern solving problem, right? And and I, I think uh, the one key difference between life and a game scenario is that in, in game, the player can die a million times. Nothing can happen. It, it's going to respawn the player and you start playing and, and this reinforcement training can be applied. But in real life, I don't think it, it can it can apply. But just, just uh, I'm just trying to uh, say what exactly AI development looks like, what, what technology or thinking or thought process in AI goes around. So this reinforcement training, I think we have seen a lot in, in, in our own life, uh, probably in our behavior or habitual uh, training mechanisms. Like when I try to go to sleep, I, I try to give myself a reward when I go to sleep early and hit the bed or while training the puppies in, in some cases when, with your kids, of course. So uh, this is what we try to model in a program. So I would, I wanted to talk about reinforcement training so that you understand when I talk about in, in a bigger picture later in the episode. Let's keep this one aside. Now, now let's say um, 
there's another uh, immediate real uh, world problem in, in AI is it's, it's called algorithmic alienation. Of course, I'm using all fancy terms here, but let me explain what it means. So this term alienation was actually a manifestation of a bigger uh, old school word, which was coined by I think Karl Marx, where uh, in, a, in a production line, let's imagine a late 1940s kind of production line where so there's, a, there's a man who is doing a task in an in assembly line. He just does the same segment of work again and again and again in, 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 a, in a conveyor belt or some, in an in assembly line. What happens is he will never be aware of the bigger project or, 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 a, or a bigger car. So he is doing a job which has no clue what it has an impact on a bigger picture. So this is called alienation in, 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 a, in a manufacturing term. Imagine uh, the same concept is applied in today's job. Let's say you send out an email, right? And, and after you send out any, every email in your work, this AI is going to send you a feedback saying, Vikram, you have been rude in this email. You need to probably tone down your tone. Or it's, it, at the end of every day, it says you have been 70% uh, productive. I think it's it's still there in Outlook nowadays. I, I get my Outlook report every once a week on how much productive I was. But of course, company doesn't take it seriously, but it, it more, you know, less invasive on saying how focused you were or things like that. But it, this is what I call algorithmic alienation. And of course, uh, in, in, a, in a due course, it might come in your performance appraisal or you might be working in, in, a, in a code base where the AI is helping you, but you don't even have a bigger picture of what's happening in a larger code base. There are going to be such AI tools which, which we are going to assist us during performance appraisal or your work. And you might not even be aware of the bigger picture, just like the assembly line problem. So this is some immediate AI threat I'm seeing. I, sorry, I, I got deviated in the topic. I wanted to bring it in, in between uh, for some reason. I'm sorry. So yeah, so coming back to the topic, one of the biggest questions I encountered during this AI was, is intelligence and consciousness connected? This was the question which made me to deviate from this topic and get into a lot of research. Uh, I, I went into a lot of um, <laughs> books about philosophy and consciousness and, and, and believe me, there is this, this one word, this consciousness is still one of the biggest mysteries. None of the theory explains what consciousness is and it's a biggest mystery in science and philosophy. That's where I got lost. I, I was reading through a lot of books about how our brain works, what's mind and consciousness and more philosophical journey towards consciousness, what it means to be human. I, I, was, I was going around, and but I did find a lot of answers for different things in my life, but I, I haven't uh, found any subjective reference on, on consciousness. I mean, it's, it's, it's more on uh, uh, individuals understanding what it means to be conscious, for example, it's, it's a lot subjective if you ask anyone what it means to be conscious. I mean, they all have their own, we all have our own explanation for consciousness. So this is the biggest challenge in AI. Uh, that's, that's where I got lost. And I mean, that's one of the reasons uh, I had, there was a lot of good books, which I, I read during this journey of mine. I'll, I'll probably attach it in, in the description. So if you look at human beings, I mean, I'm 30 years old. So I've been in this earth for 30 years, 
uh, and throughout this entire time i have been in a society uh, with other human beings in in a, in the world in planet earth of course so i have been learning the entire moment my neural networks have been learning uh, very intensive in early days of course and lesser in in the later period <laughs> so of course there has been a lot of learning and it, i'm still learning so before i was born there was billions of years of reinforcement learning done by nature itself uh, with our ancestors through very very slow and strong evolutionary process which led up to me of course and with my physical ability passed on from you know from generations of course there was some transfer of my uh, physical ability from my previous ancestors and my consciousness of course i learned through me communicating with this fellow uh, humans emotionally so this is what happens with consciousness i think this is where we need to focus on because this physical ability of course we we all were born with certain abilities and certain natural programming on how to move our hands i mean if you drop a brittle object it's going to fall from here to here and it's going to break if you touch a fire it's going to hurt pain so these are the physical abilities which got reinforced into us through evolution and and programming from nature but emotions right this is a fundamental building block for our consciousness i mean ability to reason about what others believe for example vikram who is talking to person x i i cannot just randomly go and talk to him i need to establish a communication a context and this is what we we continuously learn you know how to uh, talk to someone and and this is what i call uh, intentional reasoning we we have this inbuilt as a society within us so ai it's not just you know uh, one one programming which can achieve all this thing of course we cannot just make it better by adding more processing power even though we can add more processing power to make it faster but it doesn't solve the bigger picture because such things are very tricky in in the world of ai so now i have established what happens in your human head what happens in the in the fundamental of ai and now let's come to my first fundamental topic of this entire episode chat gpt so before we get into chat gpt uh it has come a long way since we all have been introduced to it i think the time when i started this episode chat gpt was literally new especially among my general public crowds and people were just trying to get used to it but right now we have our own there are so many youtube videos on what exactly chat gpt is and how to use it there are articles on chat gpt there are different other versions uh, with google coming with on with its brad and 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 lot of companies are working on it but i don't want to talk about what all those stuffs are you can of course google it and probably before even listening to this podcast you would have done all this stuff but what i'm going to talk about here is a bit of history of chat gpt and where it's leading us and what it has to do with all the ai concept i have been talking for past 20 minutes so uh chat gpt is basically a natural language processing model basically nlp is a fancy term which we give to all this chatbots to make it sound more human for example all this uh, websites have this chatbots popping up as soon as you go to this consumer service these are all uh, running an nlp to make you believe that uh, you know you're more human when when you converse with them are uh, alexas and 
and Google Homes, they, they, they involve much more NLPs in them to sound more human to you. That's exactly what NLP is. So ChatGPT and these tools were primarily designed to create a better understanding of our language. You know, for example, your mobile autofill. That was a primary example because it needs to, it needs to know what exactly the user is going to type. It started with small spelling errors and it, it went into predictive text fill-ups. And now it has come to a larger model uh, with G GPT-3 in 2020, I guess, because I was reading a paper back then. And no, sorry. Yeah, with GPT-3 in 2020. So before I go into this, for the technical geeks out there, the underlying model or underlying technology uh, behind chat GPT-3 is something called transformer architectures. Uh, I, I came across this wonderful paper from Google Labs. This was written back in 2017 and the title of paper is pretty interesting. Attention is all you need. That's exactly what, what this entire paper is about. So basically back in 2017, um, Google developed this, um, there was this paper coming out of Google Labs called Attention is All You Need. And it was more um, talking about the stock and predictive mechanism, especially called uh, your autocompletes. And OpenAI, they, they basically took this and they were like, okay, you know what? Let's take this architecture and, and turn up all the way up and let's take all the data we could get, feed to it, and let's see what comes out of it. That's exactly what they did. So when this happened and Microsoft invested on this, basically it was a wild bet and every company <laughs> was making all kinds of bets on AI because it was a big term back then. And actually this came out pretty pretty accurate and that's exactly was our uh, history for chat gpt and and then they brought in gpt3 to chat gpt and we have our uh, prompt site now so what exactly is this it's basically a generative ai you know it, it can generate text now it's generating image video and sounds i have seen a lot of <laughs> fake songs and sounds of other people going around in the social media so that's exactly what it does. So it's a highly disruptive technology, of course. In my opinion, ChatGPT has disrupted our social media and especially this content writing uh, domain so much. But what exactly does it do? Uh, in, a, in, a, in a personal example, I use ChatGPT for most of my content generation, especially let's say I want to comment on some, 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 some plays and I don't want to invest so much time on uh, formatting my language I go to chat GPT and I, I specifically give the keywords and it gives me beautiful responses and I tried the same for generating uh, a script for this episode but believe me it was bad ba literally worse than what I'm talking right now so you can you cannot trust chat GPT in all the way around so the company basically says it, it is accurate all the way till 2021, I guess, with, with all the happenings in history. So they have taken all the language model and data available in digital format and fed it to this, this architecture and it churns out your responses. Good, good for there. And for students out there and, and especially guys like me who, who don't want to write something big, it's useful. But I would not trust it for highly valuable contents. For example, these are, this is more like this early YouTube videos. You can go there, watch and get yourself more content about something. But if you want to write something good, if you want to invest on some solid literature survey or research, 
you writing on your own is what i would suggest because that kind of value cannot be obtained from chat gpt chat gpt probably might clear you out of writer's block or might give you something which you are stuck for a long time or might give you that little push but i think beyond that it's just a generative ai we don't have to invest so much on that now coming back to the entire topic so yeah i have spoken about ai my my audience might now know something about reinforcement training of course and what it means to be conscious in in a, in, a, in a programming world and how why it's hard for ai to be conscious right now things like this but if you if you really take uh, what makes us human in in terms of ai it's our situational awareness of the people around us you know we learn consciousness continuously too by interacting with others around us we know emotions like empathy or what others might feel or coming to the same page things like this so these are really hard to program you know it's 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 really hard to even mimic so a robot cannot mimic your emotions so that's where the key challenges in ai are right now i mean uh, i would not even consider what chat gpt is doing as a conscious stuff because until unless it generates such prompt is just lying around there is no consciousness to this entire architecture so that's not what we're talking about i mean every human knows what overthinking is this is this is more adding to the consciousness we are constantly questioning our stimulus we are observing our our environment right so i think ai is just one piece of what uh, it's going to change in our future because in my opinion uh, consumption of fossil fuels and and renewable energy will change a lot of things and of course computer uh, computation itself has not done with us yet because there's a lot coming into computation technologies like wearables i have become so dependent on my watch on my physical workouts my steps uh, to see my heartbeat and and a lot of things which i was not even aware before such wearable devices coming into existence right so they are getting uh, more and more common among us and and there's lot of devices iot has become so common in our life there's there's microprocessors and controllers in lot of devices we see around us there's a part of go code part of intelligence happening in in most of the devices around us so i think this is where ai will empower us because it's more like this sat nav devices like google maps it will enable you on on a larger scale with all these data available to you uh, things like ai will be helpful in processing this huge data and giving some meaning to it so this is where we are heading into and beyond this there's a lot of a uh, big problem statements to be solved to bring in uh, you know things like the sci-fi movie ai around us but if people want a reason to <laughs> to fear i can give a long list of fears for them uh, you you need not lose your sleep about ai because get educated with what technology is capable and what it can and cannot do and i think that's more more than enough for what to do with these ai tools especially with things like chat gpt Uh, i am seeing i'm more concerned about the guardrails in inside the chat gpt for example it has literally been fed with all the digitized digitized data from our while uh, world wide web which means all this uh, sensitive and bullshit or wrong data has been gone into chat gpt and let's say uh, before when it came out when people can literally ask uh, these gpt uh, prompts saying 
okay, how to murder someone and get around with it. And it was giving them solid responses. And people then went on and added filters and guardrails, which is more like cybersecurity in our network, right? So I'm more interested in seeing what kind of guardrails have they uh, implemented on things like ChatGPT. That's what concerns me. I mean, yeah, you say uh, you have fed the data. We don't know what kind of data it has been trained upon, where it has got the training data because there are issues like biasing and, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, dirty programming which, which underlie AI. So there can be a lot of threats from this. Uh, people can literally ask anything to this uh, AI tools and it's going to be a constant fight between uh, this big companies which are investing in such generative AIs and and people who are going to continuously try to find a loop inside this. So coming to the conclusion point and note from me, ChatGPT is a wonderful tool. I mean, I have been using it to solve my coding issues a couple of interviews I cleared with this, but not the one which I'm going to. But yeah, and you can ask it anything. Uh, it depends on the way you ask it and how productive you're going to use it. It's it's another tool. That's that's exactly where we need to stop ChatGPT because before uh, we had this fancy internet access, uh, I remember going to this uh, Britannica software in the CD. And every year they used to release a new version depending on the year and with a lot of updates in the in the libraries of, of, of the Britannica CD. And it was constrained only to the CD. Exactly the same thing you should treat ChatGPT for now. It is constrained to the data set which is trained upon. Of course, it can give you fancy uh, words. It can regenerate in different types based on what you ask it, but it's a tool. It's not a bigger picture of AI and of course, it's not something which um, you need to worry that ChatGPT is going to replace your job. No, uh, I mean, I'm the programmer. I'm the first threat in this in this line of jobs which will be replaced. But as long as you, you are good at what you do and you know what's happening in outside world, you're continuously learning and you did not stop your learning after your final semester in your degree program, I think you're good. And to be honest, there were a lot of other disruptive technologies in the past and we came across it. So we will always find the way we engineers are good at this. Uh, so yeah, it was a long talk. I wanted to get out everything which I learned on this topic. So I know I went a little freestyle, a long uh, episode format. I don't know how many people are going to complain about this or how much I, I was going around and round and round. But I love this kind of talk. It's been long since I spoke so technical in glitch. So I'm excited with, with entire AI because uh, I I met uh, Michael Woolrich. He is the author of The Road to Conscious Machine. He visited in this local town of mine and it was a wonderful talk. And I, I, I got a lot of things cleared from, from what he spoke. And he's a great guy in, in AI from Harvard. And I got to meet with so many other people from this wonderful world of AI and they are doing pretty amazing stuff. So the future is really good. Things are going to seem so sci-fi right now, but they will be normalized in coming future. I mean, with uh, VR and, and predictive text and, and so many, so many awesome things are happening in technological world. So let's not be scared about it. Let's not be insecure about it. Let's open our arms, learn what's happening. It's it's age of internet, so information is available for everyone. 
until unless you use it with some some responsibility we are all good and yeah let's keep learning and see what comes in the future so that's one thing and what's next in my episode i don't know keep following me on instagram linkedin and let's see how it goes yeah and let me know what's the feedback of this episode hope you liked it hope you made some meaning out of it reach out to me if if you have some contradiction on what i spoke of course i'm not a professional in ai but i think i did some justice with all a lot of research and reading probably i'm wrong in some points or probably there's much more happening let me know i i'll try to cover it in the upcoming episodes until then it's bye from vikram ciao